get me wrong Sure we're having fun Hello, welcome to the Daisy Dates podcast where we talk all things relationships, mindsets, dating obviously and dating apps as well which we're doing today. I'm in the studio with Jamie Johnson, founder of Matter which is a new and inclusive dating app. Welcome to the studio. Hi Daisy, thanks for having me. So good to have you. I've been following Matter for a little while so it's really nice we've made this little connection and you're here today. I always start the podcast with a little bit of a this or that game. Yeah, feeling ready? Yeah, yeah go for okay, it. Okay, so when dating, tickets to a live gig or tickets to a cinema? Gig, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. A picnic and each person like brings something or a sit-down dinner date? I'm going to go with dinner, actually, on that one. Are you? Yeah. I'm surprised at that one, actually. Yeah, okay, yeah. how come? Uh, I just feel like with a picnic, sometimes you can get a little bit like, oh, there's mud there, or you don't know about the weather, you know, you plan it, could chuck it down with rain. We live in the UK, right? So, yeah, just book the dinner for me. I like that. A cycle or a long walk? Long walk, for sure, a long walk. You can talk more on a walk. You're not, like, covered in sweat. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I love a long walk. I'm a big fan of a walk, so, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, if you were to see something live, would you go for comedy or drama? Oh, I like both, uh, but comedy if it's a date. Yeah, especially first one, I reckon. Defo. In the talking stage, phone calls or texting? <sighs> Good question. I'm going to go with texting and then leading to phone call. Nice. And sharing food, like tapas style, mm. or separate meals? Depends what the food is, doesn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it's like Indian, I feel like Indian and Chinese and tapas, you kind of want a bit of everything because there's such a big menu. Whereas like, if you're having a steak or, you know, and someone's having like a piece of fish, then yeah. So again, sorry to sit on the fence, but uh, depends on the meal. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go pure tapas style. I love like all yeah. the extra dishes. <clears throat> I like doing that. I think it it's kind of a little bit intimate, but I think it creates conversation. Yeah, if you're worried about conversation, I always kind of recommend a tapas style date because I think just it gives that conversation about the different foods. And lastly, judging by what you said to the, about the walk, I think I might know the answer, but city date or countryside date? Yeah, again, I'm going to kind of sit on the fence on this one too. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm actually just going to say City Date because I went to Bristol this weekend and it was just amazing. Uh, highly recommend if you've never been to Bristol, it's probably my favourite city in the UK. There's so much to do there. You can even get a good countryside bit into that if you go down to like uh, Ashton Downs. So yeah, for me, I'd say City Date, but then try and venture out into the, the greener parts of that place. Okay. I've actually never been to Bristol. Amazing place. Always wanted to. Okay, let's get to know you a little bit more then as the right. founder of Matter. What's your experience with dating apps yourself? Um, so, yeah, I was I, I was about 21, 22 when uh, Tinder came on the scene. And I remember it quite vividly because I worked in an office back then. I worked in event management and um, I was one of only about five or six boys in a company of about 60 women or something like that. And it was just an explosion of them always talking about Tinder and going on dates and there's this new app. So um, I was right at the beginning of that. But what was so great, I, I feel, not, not I don't know if it's so great, but I kind of grew up without any apps. And then when I first moved to into, into London to work, that's when they came out. So at the beginning, my university and kind of at college, it was all kind of, you know, old school, you know, uh, talking to girls in bars and meeting people on nights out and all that kind of stuff. And then when I became an adult um, or you know, became an adult, but, you know, started working, that's when the apps came out. And then that really kind of 
changed the game uh, in a, you know, you could meet people from all over the city. And I think, and I, I know we're going to get into it, dating apps get a very bad rep, but there's certainly a lot of positives to, to what they've done. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, my experience of them is it's only as a 22 year old. And then I was on them for, you know, on and off, you know, relationship here or there until I was 31. And now, yeah, I've been in a relationship for the best part of two years from an app as well so oh very yes. good yes. okay so your your experience dating with apps and off apps has been quite pleasant yeah generally? i think i think I, I think so yeah i think there's there's times where you have a bad app date there's times where you have a bad non-app date um you know i've i've never you know there has been a couple of occasions on on apps where you know things are you know a, a, a bit weird or a bit different to how they might have been but i would say over you know if you look at all of it as a whole, my dating experience has been, you know, fairly good, both on and on and off apps for the, you know, give or take 10, 11 years that I was, you know, dating. And do you think that dating has got harder as you've gotten older? Um, I think it depends. It really depends. Yes. I think when you're, when you're getting older, people are much more sure about what they want. And I think that's, that's, that's good because you you know that that person if you're if they if they have got what you want then you're probably going to do better with them. There's not so much test and learn as there are when you're there is sorry when you're when you're younger. But it it kind of shortens the pool of 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 people if they're you know they're so kind of focused on this or so kind of focused on that. And I suppose when you are getting into your kind of later twenties, earlier thirties, there is that kind of settling down kids you know, moving out of the city kind of conversation that people are either ready for or some people are not. Um, and so I think that, yeah, it does shorten the pool a little bit. Or then you have the other option, which is that you just date someone younger who's not ready for that. You know, and that's kind of what I see a lot of kind of friends of mine doing at kind of my age is probably going, well, I'm not mature enough to kind <laughs> of be the kids, you know, settling down. So they have girlfriends that are in their kind of mid-20s rather than in their, in their later 20s. So, but I do think it's it's definitely got a smaller pool. I'm really finding that. So I'm 28 as a woman yeah. that would be ready for kind of everything. And then I'm finding that men that are like generally 31, 32, 33, they're going back to dating 23-year-olds. Because yeah. they, they, they can do that. Women can't do that so much. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. I mean, this, is, this isn't anything new. This has been, a you know, since the dawn of the ages, men have, you know, dated, you know, women that are kind of, you know, younger or whatever, whatever it is. But it, it is funny because I, m men mature a lot later than women in general. So, uh, and, you know, a 28 year old woman like yourself, you might actually be like male maturity of like a 35 year old. So <laughs> technically you're dating a 31 year old. He's actually less mature than you you are now. So it's uh, it, it's kind of a funny one because our brains, I think, just actually mature later. So, um, yeah, I, I can see exactly where you're where you're coming from on that one. Do you think that there's a little bit of a gender gap right now? Like, has dating got harder for men? <clears throat> I think dating's got harder for for men and women, but for different reasons. Um, I think women are just overloaded, I think, with choice on apps, if we're talking about apps. And I mean, there's just so much choice for women. I mean, 70-odd percent of most users of dating apps are, are male, Um So, you know, everyone, majority of people you're coming up against are going to be, you know, going to be male. So... For women, that's just it's more choice, and what what that means is they have something called the paradox of choice, which is where they think negatively about the options they're given because they have so many options. And to give you an example of that, what that means, you'd say you go to a restaurant, and the menu is packed full of choices. You think the food's rubbish, right? Uh, whereas if you go to a restaurant, there's like three or four things on the menu. You're like, oh, this is going to be great. So women just become more. I don't really know what the word is here. Not really picky, but they 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 have more filters. They've they've 
they put more guards up because they're dealing with with so much choice and that means that they end up all kind of fighting over the same guys <laughs> so to give you some stats because i know we mentioned this before that you like data and stats and i'm, I'm you know i'm a big fan of, of the numbers so 80 percent of male profiles 80 percent women find it unattractive <clears throat> which is a crazy amount so 80 percent of all men that women f- see on dating apps they find unattractive which means they by you know doing the math, they only find one in five men you know attractive. Which means that all of these women are fighting over these twenty percent of men. Um, which means that some men do really really well on dating apps. So they do amazing. Like they clean up basically. I th- I, I don't know the exact stat of this, but it's something like fifteen percent of men get ninety percent of the matches. Something wow. like that. Which mm. is it's something like that. Don't don't quote me on that one, but it's something around that uh, around that number. So so women do find it harder because they're they're it's very competitive for them with the men that they want, and men are finding it harder because they've got to kind of spread out. You know, they have to like as many people as as possible. You know, and you know go out there and kind of get out there much more than women women do. And I think there's hundreds of millions of studies you've seen where you'll just watch, you know, women swiping and men swiping, just see the difference in, in how many matches. I think I saw a piece of content not, not that long ago where a, a woman set up a Tinder profile or something, it might have been Tinder, and she didn't even have a picture of herself. It was just, I think, a picture of like mm-hmm. a table and her like feet on the table. And she got like 15 matches in that day and the guy got one. And, that, and he had like a whole created profile. So it just shows you, it is becoming more difficult, but for different reasons. Yeah, the, the standards are different yeah. from what women want compared to what men want. And that kind of is just a fact as well. Like, even when I'm dating someone, um, I, I am dating someone now, currently, and when I've kind of mentioned, oh, this was really important to me, or the fact that you do this was really important, he was like, what? He didn't mm. really know what was necessarily important to him that he was looking for. He was just, you know, going, if we get on and we have fun, that's great. Yeah. Whereas I'm thinking, okay, you probably need to want kids. You kind of need like a long-term plan. Like, you're thinking of like where you might want to live. Like yeah. All of these things are going through our heads. It's absolutely crazy. And the interesting thing I did hear on a podcast, um, albeit it was American stats, but it's going to be quite similar for the UK too. It was on Stephen Bartlett's podcast. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He had a guest on that was saying we're creating a world of like lonely men. So those those X amount of people that do well, great. They're thriving. Mm -hmm. They're getting a lot of sex, meeting a lot of girls. They're Mm -hmm. loving life. But then you get that other percentage that aren't getting any matches. So it's kind of degrading them and making them have low self-esteem. And that creates quite a dangerous type of man, which is the lonely man, maybe, you know, living in his living at his mum's and just feeling really lonely. For sure. And that that that's quite dangerous. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's just kind of like what dating apps have done is that, you know, the the kind of elite men really clean up and the vast majority. And I'm not, you know, not even talking, you could be in the top 60 percentile and still not be doing as well as, you know, as I said, you know, 15 or so percent get 90 percent of the matches. So you could be in the top 60 and still not, um, you know, do very well. And, and, you know, you just need to look at the, you know, it's really sad, but the biggest killer of, you know, young males is suicide, right? So, you know, a, a lot of men can go through their whole life completely unnoticed. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, I'd really like to draw attention to a little bit is that, like, for a lot of guys, they can be completely unnoticed on on apps, in life, in nightclubs. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really realise um, how lonely that can be. Um, so it is, yeah, it is very, very sad and very tragic. And also on the other side of that thing is you can create a lot of anger in people too because they're not getting what they want. And then that side of the coin is obviously something that's really negative too where you're creating this kind of cohort of just really angry men that 
you know, they are find something to vent against, right? So it's it is quite a serious uh, serious thing. Yeah, welcome the incel from yes, there. That's yes. when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's really, really hard. So I know that with Matter, you're trying to kind of help <sighs> all of these issues as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, as the founder, when was it or why was it that you got to a point where you were like, right, this is what I want to do and this is what I want to create? Yeah, so I um, I left university and I worked in, you know, the advertising kind of creative industries for, um, well, it would have been, yeah, best part of 11 to 12 years. So I've always been around kind of social media and seeing things, you know, pop up and then we have to learn about all of them and sell them to clients and, and you know, worked a lot with, you know, um, you know, advertising and getting stuff out there and this, that and the other. So I kind of know the behind the scenes of how algorithms work a little bit. I worked in tech. Um Anyway, I I was one of those people that got put on furlough for the whole of the pandemic. Um, ended up losing my job at the end of that. They kind of cut basically the majority of uh, majority of the team, and I was you know interviewing for for new jobs. Ended up getting this um, really great job where I was going to be kind of it was a it was a big company that was setting up another company within that company. So it was like a startup in a bigger company. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they wanted me to come in and like head up the sales and 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 the growth and you know you should I should have been buzzing about it right. Ten months of kind of watching YouTube or letting housemate wag a moments at home and now I've got this great new job and I was back out there um, because I loved my job before when I was working in tech I was working in influencer tech sales um, and I I was the complete opposite I was like having a complete breakdown about it freaking out I was going to be useless like hyper focusing on failure and you know it was just a pretty traumatic time before I before I took the job on and at this point where I was kind of like look this is a bit more serious and kind of you know just being a bit nervous and so I spoke to a psychiatrist at this point and was like you know talked to him about how I was feeling which I think a lot of men should do that if you are feeling like it's a bit on top and overwhelming do talk to someone you know problem shared is a problem halved um and they and, and the reason I did that, I didn't kind of just jump in and say, I need to talk to As my whole life, I thought I've had ADHD. And I know that ADHD is a very kind of in vogue thing at the minute. Um, but I've struggled with the symptoms of ADHD ever since I was a kid. Um, and I've tried to get di- diagnosed before. I'm not going to go into the, the story about why that didn't happen. But in typical ADHD fashion, all the paperwork I was going to send to them, I put in the put in the post box. And I didn't put like, uh, you didn't, it was like a really heavy paper. And I didn't Aww. put the right thing on it and it went to the psychiatrist and they, they never got it and so I told my mum that I didn't have it because she lent me the money for the diagnosis so mum sorry because oh, it's uh, private it was private, private. So it's quite it's very expensive yeah, isn't it private so oh. yeah I mean they should have just diagnosed me then I mean I just went and chucked it in with like a second class stamp and it probably weighed about six seven hundred grams so oh yeah oh, so then I kind of had to live from like 24 25 knowing about all this condition all the way to 31 or whatever it was struggling with all the symptoms and not being able to access the help so anyway, I was diagnosed uh, fairly quickly, I would say, but went through all the kind of the rig, uh, rigmarole around, around that. And I was really, you know, it was, it, I always give an analogy about my diagnosis, which is it's like someone taking a backpack that's full of weights off your back. Because now you can kind of understand, you know, why I was like that at school, why I got in trouble for this, why I feel an- anxious about this, why I can't sleep. Um, you know, then you get access to help, um, support and, and medication. I think before you actually get told by a professional you have a condition, you always kind of feel a bit like an imposter, like, oh, I, I've got all, you know, I've got all the, the symptoms, but I don't have the accreditation or whatever. And so you're always kind of 
on the periphery of, of, of getting the information and, and taking it all in. Um, the medications dramatically helped me. Um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, some people don't take it, that's their choice, but it's, it's definitely helped me. And I was very, very comfortable with talking about ADHD or like learning about, you know, who I was or, or how I could kind of better myself in the workplace. And I was very comfortable, like I am with you now, Daisy, just saying like, I've got ADHD, I'm cool with it. But I just wasn't on dating apps. And I was some form of barrier where I'm like, I can't write this down. People are going to judge me. Like I just did what the vast majority of people do on dating apps, which is mask. They just put, you know, look at my five best pictures and everything's amazing. And, you know, I'm so witty and humorous and, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I, I like to say I'm witty and humorous, but <laughs> it's kind of, it's very forced, right? Dating apps feel very forced. It's like create this amazing picture, perfect version. I've got absolutely nothing wrong with me, which we know in every single person in the world, that's not true, and, and put that forward. And I think the reason for that is, one, as we've just mentioned, we know how competitive they are, especially for men, especially for men, well, and women as well, but men know that the vast majority of the users on there are, are, are other men. Um, and also, I think that even if you don't have a very good understanding of technology, you understand that algorithms are competitive, and you understand that, you know, you're getting scored or, you know, something's happening in the back end that you're, you know, that that what you put into it is going to feed into the algorithm. So that's where the idea of it came from. Because if you look at dating apps, of course, you've got your generics, your Tinder, Tinders, Bumbles. Then you've got your kind of, you know, more niche ones. You know, there's religion-based, sobriety, single parents. Then you've got the kind of quite wacky ones, you know, that you mentioned their countryside. There's a countryside dating app. For, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the exact name <laughs> of it. But it's for, like, people that, like, you know, getting muddy and, you know, and uh, farmers and that kind of stuff. Um, and I was just, like, desperately looking for, like, an app that was about, like, honesty and kind of just basically no, no bullshit, basically. An app where you could just be yourself without kind of fear fear of judgment and also kind of discuss things a little bit that what's going on in your brain and not feel that someone's going to you know, um, kind of judge you for that or, or think, oh, I'm going to give a pass to that person. And there just really wasn't anything, anything out there. Um, and like, and I, I suppose everyone has ideas for businesses all the time and they're just like, oh, well, okay, cool. That's be, that'd be a great app. I mean, how many times have you been at the pub and someone went, <laughs> I've got a great idea for an app and then they just forget about it, but I just couldn't let it go. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the very long winded, um, kind of how we got to starting matter. I guess your background in tech kind of helped because obviously what if I've thought, oh, this would make a good app. The idea of being like, how do you even start an app is like absolutely clueless to me. We mentioned just now before we got into all of that, how you were quite worried to approach ADHD on <clears throat> dating app profiles. Yeah. Is it something that you feel is necessary in a dating app bio? Yeah, I think it's very important um, to be upfront and honest about who you are as a person because you, everyone in this day and age is so busy, Daisy, right? You know, everyone needed something done yesterday. So don't waste your time trying to go on a date with someone that's not going to be compatible with you. And you don't know that they're not going to be compatible with you anyway, but at least give yourself the best chance. You know, having ADHD and being in a relationship with someone with ADHD is, it's quite a lot. Um, there's a lot of highs, there's a lot, you know, there's lots of lows. We're a different, you know, we have a different wiring up of the brain. And I think that's really, you know, needs to be said. And for people to either learn more about it on the other side, um, but also for you to be comfortable going like, if I'm going to go on the date with person, it, it, it's helpful to, to me or to us because we've told you. 
So, you know, I mentioned before we did this, you know, before we did this podcast, that if I look around the room, it's not because I'm ignoring you, it's because when I'm thinking, I, I can't look at someone's face. Whereas that can happen on a date and then they could go, oh, that guy was so rude. Mm. And now if you explain it before, it means that I'm not nervous about doing it. You know that I'm not being rude and it's, it's, all, it's all kosher, basically. And it's not just ADHD. It's, it can be a whole range of things. You know, it doesn't have to be neurodiversity. It could be just... You know, uh, you don't like crowded spaces or, you know, you would rather go to a pub than a club or, you know, what, whatever it is. I feel there's quite a lot of things where people don't want to put stuff down on dating apps, even though it means something quite important to them. Or it could even be like a really big red flag for, the, you know, like you could go on a date with someone and you're really against X, Y and Z, but you don't write it down because you don't want to like kind of mm. ruffle feathers. That's what we're trying to change is I think what's really, really important is. Don't look at dating apps as like a real big numbers game. And I know that I, I know this is completely against like what people say, right? You know, it's like, oh, you know, get just more numbers, more numbers, more numbers. We always say it matter. Be for someone, not for everyone. It's better to get one match in the whole month and that person is completely on your wavelength than get 20 that are not. You're going to waste so much of your life talking to them or even money going on these dates. You're going to get way less self-esteem from, from getting that. You might get the big kind of dopamine ego boost like, oh, yeah, I got loads of matches. But then... You know, you're going to meet them. They might not call you, text you back, call you back. You're going to feel even more negative. So don't feel, we always say, like, don't feel scared to put down like things that you might, that might turn people off because they're the right people to turn off because they're not going to be compatible with you anyway. So, you know, you're saving yourself some time. And that is something that you just don't see on the, on the other apps. So, um, so that's what we're, yeah, that's what we're really trying to do is get people to be open. But I do think it's very important to be, to put down things, especially like I can't cure ADHD. So if you want to be in a relationship with me, you're going to have to deal with it for the rest of your and my life or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's good to get that down. So if someone matched with someone that had ADHD and they ended up on a date with them, mm -hmm. how can someone without ADHD help someone on a date that has it? I think make them feel comfortable. So if they if they've told you already that they have it, you know, make, you know, maybe like comment on it or something when you're talking to them on the app, just be like, oh, I noticed you have ADHD. You're probably going to know someone that has ADHD. I mean, everyone knows someone that has it. I mean, we're 5% of the population. So, um, so make a comment about it or, or be interested in it because, you know, one of the symptoms of ADHD is, you know, you you like people asking you questions about yourself and all that kind of stuff. So make them feel comfortable about it um, before you get there and then pick a date, which is going to be fine for you to go on for a first date. Cause there's going to be dates that, are probably going to be better and worse than, than going to someone with ADHD on. So anywhere where you've kind of got to sit still for a long period of time, get that <laughs> get that just in the bin. So cinema, absolutely not. Worst first date ever anyway. I think we'll agree because what's the I point? I agree, yeah. It's just pointless, right? Awkward. Um, yeah, it's just weird as well. Like we just sit there in silence in the yeah. dark. Um, <laughs> so don't go to the cinema. Um, you know, activities is really good. Like, you know, you know, I know it sounds really cringing, but like, you know, like flight club or like crazy golf or something like that where you can move around so they don't have to kind of focus focus on you like because that can cause like but certainly for me that causes quite a lot of um you know anxiety at the beginning um so think about the date you might want to go on but also just make them feel comfortable about it if they have a bit of a adhd moment let them have it if they look around the room or whatever you know it's always it'd be great if you ask them like you know what are the things you're nervous about going on this date so that i can prepare myself for it accordingly so um communication is key always so yeah i'm a big big fan of communication I know that Matter are helping with things like this. So how is Matter helpful for neurodivergent people? 
Yeah, so it's a good question. So, you know, our, our, our app launched um, not that long, a few weeks ago. Um, so we're what's called MVP stage, which is like the minimum viable product. So it's like the most basic version and we build out on it. So we really wanted at the beginning to seem like, okay, what stuff do we we need in there right now? And what stuff can we kind of build in? So we limit the amount of people that you can connect with a day. So, and we, we increase it as we get more users in. So right now I think it's four. What that means is like you're not getting overwhelmed with choice. So ADHD, if we just look at ADHD, I mean, there's hundreds of other things, but you asked me specifically about ADHD, I think, right? I, I, I could easily, and I did get addicted to things like Tinder, Bumble, like where you're like, you could have 100,000 people if you wanted. If I did 18 to 40 <laughs> in London, do you know what I mean? It's 100,000 people and it's, it becomes like gambling. And they use, you know, a lot of these apps use very similar software and techniques to, to gambling companies. So <clears throat> it's like, you know, put, put another five pounds in the machine, pull the real, chuck a super like at that person. So, you know, they can become very addictive. And one of the things I was like, was like, right, I want people to slow down. So the big mantra, mantra of matter it, we're very, you know, we're fully inclusive to, to, to everyone. You know, we don't have a discriminatory algorithm. So we match you purely on interest. There's no scoring, nothing, nothing like that. So you only get matched on your preferences and your interests. And we do a little really quick fire that we do this or that basically to answer 10 questions. And it's fun stuff like Marmite, Love, Hey, Pineapple on Pizza. Then, you know, so it doesn't feel that deep. Then you can get deeper in, in the bio and stuff like that. So we, so we only match you on that. But one of the things we really want you to do from the top all the way is to slow down. Just take a minute. You don't need to match with hundreds of millions of people, be having loads of different conversations. You need to have a few. So we allow you to connect with four people. I think it is day that will be growing as we get as we get larger and get more users. We don't allow you to connect with someone without writing to them. So we want to get rid of that whole kind of like just chuck a like there and just go to the next one. So you have to send a message, which means that you basically have to read the profile or look at the pictures because you're not just going to go like, hey, what's up? <laughs> well, you can, but it's not really great. If there's no, picture, don't so. do that. Don't ever do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've listened to your podcast episode before when you mentioned that. But yeah. so so we want you to, to slow down, to message someone, because one, it means that you're actually taking some time to look at this person and what they're about. And two, it also means on the other end, when they receive that, that they know why you're interested in them, because you know, on, on the, the swiping out. So we don't have swiping as well, by the way. You get given all four and one goes because you don't have to make a decision on someone. We also allow you to save the profiles, which I think is really nice. So if you, let's say that I'm on the bus and I'm just on matter and I'm seeing this profile of this, you know, this this girl or this guy and I'm like, oh, they're cute. Like, I, but then I get to my stop and it's like, oh, I didn't want to like close the app because that can then get rid of that person. I didn't want to click yes or no because I hadn't read the profile. You can just click save and we'll save it in the back. So that's so taking away so much anxiety from from the whole thing so no swiping you can save um and you have to you have to message because let me give you an example right okay i really love dogs i'm just gonna really generic i love dogs okay and so if you don't like dogs i really want a dog it's basically <laughs> like your version of a kid i think right yeah. so, like, <laughs> i'm really excited about having my first puppy you want your first child and that kind of shows the maturity levels of men and women right now right <laughs> um so I don't really want, if I was dating now, I would, you know, I, if someone said like, I really hate dogs or whatever, that would be a huge red flag for me. But because, and everyone does this, by the way, right? You're on one of the swiping apps. You just see their face. You're like, oh, they're cute. Swipe. And their profile could be like, absolutely despise dogs. And you've just swiped on them. And so you're going to match with them and read. And you're, the first thing you're going to see is that. And you're like, this is a waste of time. Um, so we make you open the profile. You have to open the profile to even write the message, right? So you have to open that. And then you have to write something. So we're trying to just basically slow everything down. And specifically for ADHD people, that works wonders because you're not getting like overwhelmed. You're not playing like dopamine, you know, dopamine gambling or whatever it is. And you're just taking a minute.
I think it really helps as well because it helps people be less judgmental because you're not swiping and choosing. Because do you know how judgmental this makes you? Like a guy sure. said to me recently, like, if a girl's bedroom is messy in the background, I'll swipe no. And he's like, what the hell? If I was at a pretty girl's house, wouldn't care what <laughs> yeah. her bedroom looked like. Yeah. Like, this is how judgmental it, it makes you, though. Like, oh, he goes to that bar. Don't really mm -hmm. like that bar. And it's literally that superficial when you're yeah. swiping and judging. And what I also like if, is you're basing it on traits, like being... Yeah. Everything you've mentioned about matters so far is you're basing it on being honest, loyal and open um, and honest about yourself rather than matching people just because they like the countryside or just because they like drinking a lot or just because they like something else. Because also matching people that are very similar to you isn't always the thing to go for. And I, that was only with a recent podcast where I guess that actually maybe you need to go for someone that doesn't like everything that you like because that sure. can be different, can be helpful to and help conversations. So I like that you're basing it on traits yeah. rather than the hobbies in common. One of the real key features we have is called Honesty Box. You know, I'll ask you, Daisy, let's let's play, you know, let me ask you a question, I'll flip reverse. I'll play the Uno card, so it's going back on you now. Something that you, you know, you feel that you're really good at, and that can be either a talent or something personal, like I'm really empathetic, and then something you feel negative about or something that you need help on. What's... I know these straight away. Go ahead. So I... I have a natural way to make people feel quite comfortable. Like yeah. I think I have a naturally like warm aura. That's why I do what I do. My one of my worst traits is I'm very impatient as a person. I share that. Yeah, to, to the point it's really bad. Like, mm -hmm. and I've started dating someone that is so amazing with that. So like, mm -hmm. someone was going 20 miles an hour the other day when I was in such a rush, and it was a road where you should be going 40, 50. It was infuriating for me, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, just drive. Mm -hmm. And he puts hand on Nina's like, come on, let's distract you. Um, mm -hmm. what did you and he just completely took me out of it because right. I was losing my head, getting so impatient. I don't want to be like that. It's just my negative traits. So that would be my one of my favourite traits about myself versus one of my most hated about myself. The reason we make people do this is one... It's really great to be vulnerable. It's great to kind of put, you know, like stuff that you need help on or stuff that you, you know, maybe dislike about yourself. But it also allows the other person to be like, oh, I can help with that. And people love helping each other. So there's a thing called help us high, which is like anyone can get it. It's legal highs. You can go out and get high right now. Help us high. Help an old lady across the road or, you know, up. And I'm looking for it all the time. Like, I love doing it. Like, it really gives me a buzz. People actually like doing that on dating, too. They like helping each other. So I love planning things. I'm that guy, right? I love planning things, okay? Um, I'm spontaneous, too. But I like, you know, if we're going on holiday, I want to, like, be like, okay, I know what time we're leaving. I know where we're getting to. Like, I'm, you know, I'm that guy. I want to check the travel reviews, go on TikTok, look for the cool spots. I'm not... You know, I don't want to just turn up and be like, oh, it's Saturday night. I haven't got a dinner reservation. I want to be yeah. kind of planned. Mm. And some people are completely not like that. Okay, and some people are like, do it on a whim, sod it, we'll work it out. So actually, like going out with someone like me for them is is great because they're like, oh, actually, I, my my partner likes doing all this stuff and I hate doing it. And so, you know, I can leave him to do that and he's going to enjoy it. So some of the things you actually might think negatively about yourself, some people might be actually really looking for. So, it, you know, we, we try and get people to do that. And because everyone's putting something negative down, they don't feel like nervous about doing it because every profile's got it, right? So... It's not like it's not like you're gonna stick out or be odd, and so you know it's a really great thing to do. And every and and also in that in that honesty box, you can put red flags in there, like your red flags if you want, but also stuff that is just non-negotiables for you. And I think non-negotiables are they're quite important. I think it's a very aggressive sounding thing. It's like non-negotiable, but 
I wish we could just change the word of that, but it is important to kind of have things that you won't kind of budge on. And again, a lot of people won't put those in profiles because they feel like, you know, I'm going to scare someone off or, you know, this, it, it, it makes me come across a bit aggressive or abrasive, but we allow, you know, we, we've created a box for you to do that. So we wouldn't have created a box for you to do that if we didn't want you to do it. Mm. So that's, that's where the honesty box side of things come in. I love that. I think it creates a place of people that are very self-aware, which is really important to me to date someone self-aware. Cause for I'm sure. like so self-aware of like all of my greatest and worst traits. And I like someone to be like that as well. Sure. Self-awareness is key. With the app, can you see a clear difference from your app, how men and women use it differently? In e Even in the form of this honesty box, can you tell the difference between how men and women use it differently? Yeah, a little bit. So I don't have any kind of, you know, really hardcore data on, you know, men and women, how they use it differently for certain certain things. But what I can say is like what I've seen, because obviously I'm on the app. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm very clear, by the way, that I'm in a relationship on the app. I'm like, hey, I'm the founder. Like, I'm here just to make sure everyone's fine. Basically use me as customer support. And so... Dating apps, as I mentioned before, are so heavily dominated by men. They are massively over-indexing on men. And so Bumble, which everyone thinks is the, the female first app, it's, you know, founded by a woman. It's got, you know, women make the first move. Their, their users are 68, something like that, 60, in their late 60s percent male, right? So it's it's a very, you know, two-thirds near, near enough. What we're seeing on Matter, okay, it's a much, I mean, it's a minuscule sample size compared to what they are, but we're seeing very, very heavily dominated the other way towards women. So I think the last check, we had something like 66% of our users were women. And that marries up across across social. It's not a behavior, but women are very drawn to our product. And I think it's really interesting. It's like, we were trying to create a much better space to date where there's, you know, as equal as we can get at men and women. So women don't feel like they're, they're completely swamped with choice, where men don't feel like they have to be so competitive because there's hundreds of other guys vying for the attention. So how do you do that? Well, we need, you can see you need to get more women into these apps, right? And so how do you, how do you get more women to those, those apps? Is Will you change the whole concept and the behavior and everything about what you're doing? So, we, you know, we talk about vulnerability. You know, we talk about, you know, not being overwhelmed. We, we talk about a lot of things that, you know, women are kind of they're more susceptible to from what we, what we see. We also work very heavily with brands. So why can't we just extend this user journey? Why can't we help people on this? So anyone that's a member of Matter, there's a brand partner section within 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 our app. You can go in there and you can get all the stuff you need for, for dates. And we put like two, like, you know, two or three new brands in, in a month. So for instance, we, you know, we worked with a cosmetics brand the other day called Pearl. You know, they did something all around like unmasking they, and, you know, and we matched it up with what we we're doing. So you can kind of get ready for your date. We have like health and wellness products. We, we work with a lot of brands that are very synonymous with females as well. And we give them, you know, incentives to be there. So that again, draws in, draws in the females. And also because we're spending time, spending time with a lot of female founders and understanding the trials and tribulations of women going out and dating. And, you know, it's interesting me talking talking to you like I'm a, I'm a guy I'm a, I'm a straight you know straight male so I don't really know what it's like to be in a woman's woman's brain and, and be dating and I can give you stats and data but I you know I've got no experience like you have and th like you have none for, for for being guys so we try to spend a lot of time talking to people that are going to use the product and I think why don't people do that so if you want more women in the product go start talking about women about their how they date. I would also say that women are not afraid to do a big bio, a bigger, a bigger bio, which again, by the way, I'm all, I'm all in favor of, you know, nothing annoys me more than uh, seeing like a blank, a blank bio. So what we've done to kind of, to stop that now is that we, we will not like, 
let open the, the perks side of the app until you've completed the profile. And that's not because we're trying to be some sort of taskmasters. It's that <laughs> people can't talk to you, you know, like if we don't have any information, if you've got one picture up and no information, then, you know, the absolute bare minimum to get on the product, like how's anyone meant to start a conversation with you? So, you know, you're on this product to be serious about meeting someone in, in any sort of guys. And we're and another thing, we're very open about what type of relationship you are looking for. I, I think this is an absolutely fascinating and interesting um, topic is the, the shift in Gen Z about how they, they view relationships from, from kind of millennials. But, you know, we allow you to say like, you know, looking for something casual or, you know, looking for long-term or whatever it is. So again, you can be really upfront about uh, kind of what you're looking for. And I think a lot of the guys' profiles I'll see, they'll just put like, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Yeah. Whereas women will be like, want this, want this, want this. Yeah. Tell us about that shift that you mean from millennials to Gen Z. Yeah. Super interesting. I absolutely love stuff like this. So, so Gen Z, obviously, is anyone, I think it's anyone born after around 97. So they were kind of like the, the real first internet generation. They grew up with the internet, right? So it came into their life. They've always, always had it. So instantaneous things are just normal. Like back in the day, if I wanted to get a minicab in London, oh my God, it was like, had to call the number, you had to wait there. It was so dangerous, you know, you just wait out in the street corners like three in the morning, then, you know, you need to get cash out. If you didn't have cash, you didn't take card. Now it's just like Uber. Right. Growing up with Uber, Amazon Prime, <laughs> Spotify, music, everything. D- Deliveroo is the one that spins my mind. Like we had one pizza place where I lived in Southwest London. That was it. Like it was like go go pizza or nothing. So now it's like, oh, if I want to have like uh, you know a full Thai meal at three in the morning, I can do that. Um, so they've grown up with kind of instant gratification. Everything's kind of coming, you know, coming to them quickly, and they're they're very. Con- socially conscious they feel like they've been dealt a really rough hand you know with climate change which to some extent they have they've grown up through a lot of you know really bad things like you know the, the financial crash and with covid kind of stole a lot of their universities they don't view dating like we used to it's kind of like you know monogamous uh you know meet someone get married like that's kind of like the life path like you know you, you meet someone you date you stay together you buy a house a lot of these things are kind of unobtainable for them you know home ownership you know forget about it you know what i mean you need to be a multi-millionaire to to do that or have someone that's going to support you so that's why they spend such money on material things or experiences so that kind of home ownership bit's not really there they've kind of invented this situationship you know <laughs> where they're like kind of in between i don't really know too much about that. do you know what that i is? know about situationships yeah um, i find myself in them a lot um it is when it's not really a relationship you're doing everything a relationship does but without the label the non-committal yeah i'd say it happens for three months um it's the three month marks that first part of dating that could be getting serious but then normally it just stops after three months but some people can have situationships for like a year or something but then that's about having if you don't want that that's about having boundaries put in place if you're not gonna make me your girlfriend or boyfriend by you know if we're not gonna have this commitment towards each other then I don't want to do it but if you're happy with a situation then it can be the best thing ever if you're both in a place where you want to meet up with the same person Mm -hmm. to you know maybe have safe sex and have that person to confide in after a long day but don't want anything after that it's It's a weird space it's a weird space because I feel like you should just have a conversation about kind of having an open relationship or being non-monogamous because I feel like that situation is like I want everything that a girlfriend gives me, but I don't want to be trapped into like not yeah. that. That's for me. Otherwise, I, I don't really understand what the point of it is. But to be fair, the term boyfriend and girlfriend scares me. Like I, I've been dating someone now for like a month and a half. And that's <laughs> that's like the best amount of time that I've had in a little while. Like I've been going on one, two, three dates and then that's it. Because I'm like, just not bothered. And now I'm like, gosh, this could really go towards girlfriend, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm I'm like, ooh, don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. That feels weird to me. And that's like a com- definitely a commitment phobe thing from myself yeah. that I've only recently kind of discovered. I mean, other people might think that's quite obvious because I'm 28 and I've been single a lot of it and just dating and having loads of fun. But I, yeah, I'm scared of that term. So I kind of understand it. I don't know why that term brings so much depth yeah. to us, but it just does. Yeah, it's it's just I just think they've just created for something which is like they don't it's non it would have been called non-committal for us, <laughs> you know what I mean? They've just put a put a name on it. But you're gonna see so many more single people now than ever before as people prioritize career and women are gonna be prioritizing career a lot more as they need more more money and kind of even having kids seems, you know, too expensive now. You know, it's it's really sad that people say, Well, I don't wanna have kids because I can't afford them. But it's it's true. So you're gonna see a lot more single people, which means that dating apps are gonna, you know, grow even more and more. And Gen Z are much more happy with kind of like whatever you know they don't have to have that monogamous kind of you know trajectory so a lot of them are either abstaining completely from sex you know like being like oh you know you know i'm just gonna abstain i think like if you look online you can see how much that's that's growing you know that used to be kind of just like a religious thing before now it's like people are like no but then on the other side of things people are so sex positive now i mean we're looking at things like um you know non-monogamy which i mentioned before and the rise of apps like field and pure and you know talking about going to a sex party now is completely like normal. Like, do you know what I mean? They're always, you know, they're, they're, they're all over the country. So there's that side of the coin too. And it's kind of like whatever works for you. And I think what's really interesting if we look at Hinge is Hinge's strapline is designed to be deleted. Firstly, no one believes that, right? You know, no one wants you to delete their product. But the whole premise of Hinge, and they spent loads of money on this big ad campaign, which is animation, where this guy's kind of going through this circus, and then in the end, he meets this woman, and they um, they get together, and then the Hinge app on his phone actually blows up because they're now in this monogamous relationship, and we're not needed anymore. It's very sweet. Um, and it probably would have cost a hell of a lot of money because it's all animation. But now they're pushing this whole non-monogamy route where they've kind of opened up, you know, conversations around being pansexual and having multiple partners. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. How can your app be saying designed to be deleted? And then you're just kind of chucking this on on the top. And that's because there's a huge rise in Gen Z kind of looking at those types of relationships, which is what I kind of just think a situation ship is. It's just like Mm. you have a primary partner or whatever, and you have people that you might have, you know, flings with on the side. And I think, 17, I think it's a 17%, again, don't quote me, but 17% year on year increase in the term non-monogamy on on dating app profiles. I can't remember which one, but it's a lot. So 17% year on year, if that compounds, it could be 25%. So they are looking at different ways of relationships. People are more fluid now too. You mentioned pansexual, which means that you date anyone that can give you that, that romantic connection, right? So it's regardless of gender identity or anything like that. So people are much more fluid and trying these things as well as non-monogamy as well. So yeah, Gen Z's are definitely more open-minded. Is that helpful for dating apps? Um, Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're inclusive to all different types of people and we're, We've, we talk about non-negotiables, like we've got non-negotiable to any sort of like hate or anything like that. We're very, very secure as a product. You know, I, I kind of, I say a lot about what I, I see in other products and how they don't protect their users and they, and I, we won't stand for that matter. So we're, you know, we're very strong on, on kind of the security side of things, but you know, we have, you know, a range of different genders. You can identify with how you like, you know, we won't tolerate any sort of kind of like hate speech or anything like that. We have, you know, loads of different ways to date as well. So you could say like looking for something right now, you could say long term, like 
short but looking for long whatever it is it, it, it all the communication is available there but yeah it's it's nice and again we're you know we're we're in our infancy so we you know we're, and we're growing really like really rapidly so it won't be long before we can do some really big pieces of data because i'm really interested in looking at kind of straight and lgbt plus like splits and kind of you know looking at the data behind that one because i love data but two also just to see the different you know the different ways that different communities interact on on the product but it's it's obviously great for for our product because you know we just want people to be open and honest about who they are and if people are trying out being fluid for the first time or they they might you know for instance if you if you think you might be you know you might be gay jumping straight into you know jumping into a gay dating app where everyone is fairly you know, fairly sure that they're gay and they're all there. That can be quite daunting experience, and 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 actually, that is a it's a much more kind of cutthroat place, gay dating than than straight dating in terms of how they you know, they they kind of to the point there. Um, and so that could be quite a scary place to go. So for us, getting people to come onto Matter and then that might be their kind of first step in the water. That's great. I would love that to happen if people want to use us as their kind of initial trying it out place. We're more than welcome to have those people here. We welcome you massively. <laughs> And just going back to what we mentioned about Gen Z, I know that yeah. you had a little bit of a post about this. It was quite mm. interesting and you spoke about TikTok. And to be fair, this is happening in every kind of age group with TikTok. But Gen Z are quite prominent with their presence yep. on an app like TikTok and do talk about, you know, there'll be there'll be a lot of girls that'll be like, oh my God, if you ask you on a coffee date, girls, do not go. And all of that kind of thing, which can be, as you mentioned, detrimental to like mental health when it comes to <clears> dating. <throat> etiquette yeah i i got asked actually to give comment about seven or eight months ago um for the metro newspaper about the golden retriever boyfriend and i'd never heard of the golden retriever boyfriend have you heard of the golden retriever boyfriend no only when i read it on your blog so it's basically happy go lucky you know golden retriever type of guy dependable <laughs> smiley smiley you know it's like the complete antithesis of the bad boy that you know that a lot of women desire or they i think they desire the actual the thought of it rather than the, you know, actually 100%. being, yeah, uh, because, you know, you, oh yeah, my boyfriend's, oh, he's in prison or he's, you can't hang out with me tonight because he's a drug dealer. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not, not really... even that bad boy. It's just the boys that are non-committal, then right. bad boys that just never commit to you. We're drawn to that and I don't know why. And for the first God. time ever, I'm, I've really tried hard to like get out of that wiring of being drawn to such. It's a chase, right? It's yeah. a dopamine thing. So, yeah. you know, it's like you said, You've been desperately going, you know, not desperately, but, you know, I mean, looking at dates and, and you know, been trying to find someone. Then you found someone and now you're like, oh, now, now I'm scared of the boyfriend name. <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it's a, it's a dopamine thing. And that's very much, you know, dopamine is an ADHD thing, but it's for everyone. You're, you're chasing dopamine. You know, I mean, that's why people do bungee jumping. You know what I mean? These things can be detrimental when reading them. And I think it's confusing to get all these opinions like, for sure. oh, like if, if you really like someone and they want to take you on a coffee date, but young yeah. girls or boys are like, or, you know, men, women are like, oh, actually TikTok told me that I shouldn't go on a coffee date. So. Yeah. My piece of advice on this, I'm, I, I, I don't kind of beat around the bush in this. Do not under any circumstance take any advice from social media about who you should date and what are trends and trendings. Um, so th th what you're talking about there on the coffee date is something called rules-based datings. And it's basically like reading a 1950s American housewife magazine that's like, oh, you ha 10 ways to bag this man, you know, that type of content. from, And it's much like, you know, if they offer you something that they does, they deem as cheap, ignore it because they should be taking you to, you know, the shard on the on the first day. Um, you know, if <laughs> they, you know, only hang around in expensive places, you know, and stand by the bar and kind of, 
it's very devaluing. And it's so funny that, you know, the big movie this year is Barbie, which is all around female empowerment. And then rules-based dating is basically saying like, you know, sh- shut up, your opinion's not, not wanted. I think what the point is here is not to kind of pinpoint everyone into a specific type because you can mm-hmm. get a lovely golden retriever type guy that's lovely and really patient with you and really careful with you in situations that might stress you out. But then you also might still need them to be quite dominant in other forms of dating. So you you kind of need the overall, but also what suits you. A hundred percent. So I think it's pinpointing people into sections is what social media can do. And I will caveat, yeah, I, believe, I do agree, like don't um, trust everything you see on social media, but I'm quite good with using my social media in terms of I don't sure. follow people that make me feel rubbish. I'm really good at who I follow. So therefore I also follow accounts that are actual experts. So For I sure. follow accounts that are therapists, counselors, um, maybe like healing therapists and they give good advice from a place of expertise. T- totally, totally agree. I think what I was trying to say there was trends and anything that's kind of like mm. on your For You page that people are like, <laughs> you know, bantering about like a, a lot of, the things that people say on social media, they do it for the, you know, the clout. They do it for the likes and the views. But my, my advice is look at your values. I think that's really important. Look at your values, you know, look at kind of your strengths, your weaknesses and kind of match, match up with that. Like for me, I don't care if you're the CEO of JP Morgan or if you, you work in McDonald's. Like you could be a horrible person, have loads of money and I'm not going to be remotely attracted to you. I, you know, I might be attracted to you in the, at the beginning, but I'm not going to spend my life with you. I think personality is so important and that's something that dating apps, it's, you know, it's really difficult for you to get personality across on your dating app. But it's something that we try desperately to do because attraction is important. Yes, looks are important, of course. And that's the initial thing you see on a dating app. You go, oh, is that guy cute? Oh, that girl fit. But you need to know about their personality because you can't stay with someone on their attract because they those looks, one will, everyone's looks fade as you get older, but they will become less appealing to you if you feel that they're a bad person. Personality is so, so important. It is okay to say looks, you know, especially on apps. I think majority of people are picking on looks uh, at the beginning. But that's what I think is so important for when you're trying to pick a partner. Don't go on social media and start picking, calling people golden retrievers or dashens or German shepherds or whatever they're called or thinking about rules. Because, you know, if, for instance, the rules thing, you might live in a small village. There's no fancy restaurant near you anyway. So what does that mean? You've got to be miserable your whole life. You're not going to get this elite guy or whatever. You know, people just say things without thinking about how they affect other people. Um, you know, you might not have the clothes to, to go into this this place or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So things which make you feel in any sense unnerved or, or, or devalued, then just just ignore that. Of course, psychologists, psychologists, therapists, psychiatrists. Obviously, I've spoken to those people in the past. Definitely listen to what they say. Hashtag golden retriever boyfriend. Forget about it. <laughs> The golden retriever, that is hilarious. I always wonder who the first person is that gets this trend and then suddenly Some it goes PR viral. Agency. It's hilarious. Um, okay, then, how can people get Matter right now? Yeah, so so Matter is available um, only in London for the time being. The reason for that is that we need people to be near each other to connect. We are available on iOS. Uh, Android is in development. I'm very happy to announce that. By the time this comes out, we will start a development, which is very exciting. So if you're on iOS and you live in any of the London boroughs, you can download us now. Android users, hang hang on for a second. I know that dating apps are quite big on actual real life events now too, like making that community. So is that on the cards? 
Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned earlier, we've got our brand partners section. So we do a lot of stuff with brands. So you can get really great discounts there on cosmetics, health and wellness, um, you know, fitness. We're also just about to launch a really exciting partnership with a nightclub called Be London. They want to open up the club before the clubs open and do like cool events in there. So there's going to be themed cocktail making nights there. So they're going to have like a James Bond one. They're going to do like a Titanic one. We do have one uh, panel discussion coming up. So we want to do things that are different. So our, our strap line is date different um, and we want to try and do things that are exciting. Um, if you are a member of Soho House and you would like to come along on the 4th of October, we are doing a panel discussion at Shoreditch House uh, called Dating Apps, More Harm Than Good. And we will be looking back at the last 11 years of dating apps and talking about their their impact on society. And we've got an absolutely amazing panel um, with psychologists, uh, people, at, you know, we're talking about social media trends. We've got someone there from someone there from TikTok, myself, and we also have uh, a chap called Stephen Pierre, who is the most liked man on Tinder in the UK. Oh, incredible. Yeah, I've Mr. seen Tinder. him around. Yeah. yeah. So he's in the the 1% of the 15% that get all the 90 matches. So you'll be able to actually speak to him directly and kind of see what his experience was like as a, a male that obviously... Does up, well. Did well. Cleans up. Uh, he's now a relationship coach. So amazing. Can, yeah. Wow, how Tinder changed his life. For sure. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, so I always have a finale question, and I was actually going to ask you advice on consciously dating, but you actually naturally gave us that earlier. So Wonderful. I've changed the question, which is you're obviously in a relationship now, have mm -hmm. been for a couple of years. So my question to you is what did this person do? that made you want to commit to them and say yes to this person? It's a good question. Let me tell you a little bit about my dating and then I'll get to kind of why this person changed that. So I was out and about in London. I, you know, I was having a lot of fun. It was, you know, I didn't find dating a chore. You know, I was good at dating. Maybe we would say, say yeah, that. Fair. You know, I've, I've got ADHD, so I love meeting new people. New people to me, it's like, it's like kryptonite. It's like my nectar, right? So, mm. you know, dating out, meet loads of new people, go out. But, you know... I was always kind of like, uh, something's missing or, you know, this. And, you know, sometimes I was really kind of valuing looks over personality. And I, you know, I've been on some of the most boring dates you've ever met with some, you know, really attractive girls, but they were so dull. And I was like, dull, dull to me, but yeah. it might not be dull to me. And then it was like, then I was prioritizing low. Then I was like, okay, I need to do the personality. Then I didn't have the sexual attraction. So I was kind of like, oh, nothing's really, really hitting. Um, and then I and, and then I met Sarah. So Sarah and I met on um, an app called Raya, if, uh, if you know what that is. Oh, yeah, I do, yeah. Which is really funny because Raya, Raya it's, it's absolutely hilarious. So Raya was set up so, like, people in the celebrity world could could meet each other without kind of going on to Tinder or Bumble or yeah, anything Yeah, how like did that. you get... Who who recommended you? Um, so I used to work. I used to work in an influencer agency, and you know we had a couple of Victoria's Secret models and stuff like that on there. So just recommend. Yeah, I kind of nudged them like this. I remember actually doing it at this event. I was like, "Can you just uh, get me into Raya?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure." Because for those that don't know, you need multiple recommendations to get on an app like this. Yeah, it's very. I think the stat is. And this is going to make you sound so big headed, but I'll give you a stat: is more people apply to Harvard and get in than get into Raya. That's crazy. Which is funny. That is um, funny. It is to keep it safe, of course, for like the quite famous people that go on it. I think, you know, it's a really great thing to do because, you know, if you're really, really famous, I mean, I'm not obviously remotely famous, but if you are really famous and you go on Tinder, you, there's no way you're going to be vulnerable there. Yeah. But the funny thing is that when we both met, we were unemployed, which is hilarious. So you've got two people that have like snuck in under the rope into this fancy app. And when we met, we were both 
on furlough or unemployed. So I always think that's quite funny for the app that there's two people in there that are kind of getting government handouts to go to go on their riot dates. I was looking for someone that was really one attractive but for me on apps I had to be like are you going to fit in with my lifestyle and so this is what I always say to people like make sure that you have a range of photos that shows stuff you do she went to festivals I was like yes I like live music she had a picture of her doing a speech I was like oh she's confident like she can go up and stand and give a speech she was obviously really attractive and we got on really really well on the day and I felt very comfortable with her and I was like I couldn't wait to see her again it was nice because I felt like for the first time when I'd been dating that I could just be myself. And I think that's really, really important. My mouth works about seven times quicker than my brain. And I say stuff a lot. Sometimes I'm like, just trying to suck the word back in. And with her, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, sorry. And she was like, that's no, cool. Don't worry about it. Just don't say it again next time or something like that. <laughs> so um, she was patient with you. She's very patient. And I assume she doesn't have ADHD. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> She's got a lot of traits. Okay. Um, but naturally was patient, allowed you to be completely yourself is what I'm hearing here. Yeah, I think we're both like that with each other. You know, Sarah has... You know, she's got a lot of uh, traits that, like, I, I can help her with. You know, she... She has to focus on one thing, whereas I can do 100 things at once. I'm quite happy doing that. So I can help her with those sorts of things. And it's been great, you know, to watch... I hate the way, like, watch people grow, but... She's a lot more confident now than she was when we when we first met. She come into her own a lot more. And she, it's just about finding somewhere where you feel comfortable to be yourself. And I hate to sound like some sort of like cringing rom-com, but you're, I just think you just know if that person is like one that you want to stay with or not. Did you know quickly though? Well, so interestingly, we we got out of lockdown, we met, and then we went back into lockdown. So then it was it was intense because it was basically like we were living together, but we'd only really been dating for three weeks. Right. And it was kind of like we were living together. And I was kind of like, oh, maybe I need to go on some other dates to mm. just as benchmarking, really. But I just didn't want to, and I felt bad on it. Like we were only we hadn't had any conversation about what we were, but because we were just near enough living together. I just felt bad. I was like, I couldn't really go on another date now kind of thing. And so we we kind of were thrust into, you know, this, and, and uh, that's kind of a weird way to do it, but it's either going to make or break you. You're either going to be like, I can't. And we did all of that second or third or whatever it was, lockdown. Didn't We didn't rip each other's hair out. And here you are. And, and also I think that's lockdown relationships have been quite a nice reflection that there's not necessarily, there isn't always timings to stuff and things to climb for. Like sometimes you can just get thrown in and for situations, maybe one of you are from abroad or like you guys, you're in lockdown. You can have times where you actually do live together, even though it's not a big conversation of let's move in now. And that's okay. Like, I think sure. it's important to note that relationships all have their different route, different journeys, different timings. And the second that you try and copy this, like me have to date for three months before being boyfriend and girlfriend, then you might be together a year or two, then it's an engagement and it's marriage. And it's We're out of that now. So it's yeah, like, it doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. Finished. And I think, there's there's some negativity to that but I think in lots of ways that it's also very very positive that you can just be like this was thrown upon us and it's worked so let's keep going for sure I think just do what makes I, I said this before but just do what makes you feel comfortable you want to sleep with someone on the first date sleep with someone on the first date no rules right? no I'm all rules. about that yeah uh, if you want to wait to do that then wait then wait to do that if you want to ask someone out in three weeks you know then then fine do do that do whatever makes you feel comfortable because You'll know you kind of have to trust your intuition, and I think we're we're stopping doing that in the yeah. day and age of social media. It's like someone tell me how I should feel. Just trust your gut. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's it's there for a reason, right? Trust yourself more. Always trust the gut. Well, thank you so much for joining me in the studio today. You can head to the bio to find out all the socials. And of course, you can follow me on Daisy Dates podcast, TikTok, Instagram. You can follow myself, which is Daisy Bell on TikTok and Instagram. And you can listen to the podcast wherever you go to get them, literally everywhere and Apple as well. And you can watch on YouTube. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for watching.